Good evening, Internet, Twitter, YouTube, wherever else you're coming to us from. Uh, Ginger here with another episode of Fighting the Void. And with me again is, as usual, my lovely co-host, Crystal. Hello. And uh, <laughs> there aren't any huge uh, significant vacation reports to do. So we're going to pretty much get right into things this week. Um, actually, I'm going to do just a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, come August 1st. Hangouts on Air is going away. So we're going to have to come up with a different streaming solution mm -hmm. for doing the show, at least if you still want to do it live with guests and everything. Um, so there are definitely ways to do that. I just got to figure out what they are and figure out how to implement them. Mm -hmm. so that's coming up really quick. So it's possible that come August, there might be a little blip, a little hiatus in the show while we have to figure things out a little bit. We'll see. It'll depend a lot on uh, the just the the day job schedule and the and the side job schedule, <laughs> all of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, life in general. Oops. But just to let you know, and at the end of the Sorry. show, I'm gonna. This is what we call a teaser. At the end of the show, we're gonna let you know who we're gonna have on next week. You're gonna want to stick around to be uh, informed of this little gem. So. Yeah. Exciting! It, I'm just it, saying it is. It, it is. It is exciting. It's going to be, be cool. So, but with us this week is a gentleman I had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, a couple. It's been a couple months now, hasn't it, Greg? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's been. It's been. Gosh, I don't know. Probably three, four. I, I think, think it, it goes back it wasn't to March. It now April. Now I think about it. It might, it might have been April. Might have been April, so yeah, a few months I think it now. Might have been April. Uh, when uh, another previous guest of the show, Blindfold Bethany, she invited us both to an event at Hillsdale College, which happened to be Andrew K Andrew Claven speaking. So along the way, mm -hmm. I got to know Greg a little bit, and also uh, Bethany and and her dad, which was super cool. And we even got to hang out and talk to Andrew Claven for uh, I don't know, he must have talked to us for like twenty minutes. I would ask Greg for confirmation, but he seems to be having technical difficulties. Oh, no. Okay, hold on a second. Okay, hey, he can hear us. We can hear him. That's okay, I can hear great. you. Hold on. My my phone acted up again. I'll be right. Um, there we go. Let's see if this works okay. now. That's good. See, it's, not, oh, gosh. it's not a terrible thing if Google Hangouts is going going away. I mean, let's face oh, it. We're off to a great yeah. start today. Let me be completely honest here. Yeah. It's not oh. Google off. If, if, if we're being, yeah, exactly. If we're being honest, it's probably a good thing. It's, it's going to force me to find something better. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on you I'm getting, can you guys still hear me? Yes, we can. This total, this whole show is okay, going cool. sideways. <laughs> yeah, my phone. <laughs> Dad joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, great. Okay, I'm getting, so, um, I think I'm, there we go. <laughs> And, and now it's, oh my god it's all dark it's all dark and now it's it's not dark and I, yeah now we're all dark you know again okay oh, oh, hey, there you are you're vertical never mind <laughs> oh, oh my gosh go. good times good times no, you're good you're good you're yeah, good you know, just leave, leave okay. alone it's fine I, you can be you can be sideways okay can you see me yeah, yeah. i mean and, okay, and there we go. You're starting to look like a kaleidoscope. So, <laughs> so all right. Okay, I think we're back. So anyway, I, um, 
I, I spent a lot of time actually chatting with Greg, and uh, he had a fascinating uh, he had a fascinating faith journey. I thought, which at this point mm -hmm. currently has him uh, as a Pentecostal preacher uh, right in Hillsdale, as it turns out. Mm. Yes. So, which is which I found I was very interested in that. So I was like, hey, why don't you come on the show and we can we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Educate me, educate the uh, other folks out there that, I mean, like like me, um, my entire experience with, Pentecost, of, with Pentecostals extends to, you know, things, a, a random thing or two I've seen or heard or read. And, of course, like I was saying before the show, in, uh, in the movies, Pentecostals are always black charismatics uh, you know, <laughs> singing very, very vigorously. Uh, you know, do, doing doing whole gospel dance numbers in, in, in the middle of the church, which is completely foreign to me because I grew up uh, Christian Reformed in Southwest in Southwest Michigan, where right if you cough too loud, people give you dirty looks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been to all sorts of those different churches too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what I guess uh, what drew me to Pentecostalism. Uh, or, I mean, there's, there, I mean, Pente I mean, that's a real, that's a broad term nowadays, uh, because okay. so many, like, well, pretty much like a lot of Protestant denominations, uh, there's different branches and different, mm -hmm. uh, sects of those different types of churches. Uh, basically it's like one big plate of hurl, you know, you got mm -hmm. all sorts of different areas, all sorts of different types of, um, beliefs and such. Mm -hmm. Um, but in a general sense. Uh, I was always drawn to Pentecostal churches or Pentecostal-like churches since uh, I was actually first born again, since I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, I was brought to a church, which is the Assembly of God, which is not that far from here. Right. And their youth group, it, it, I was 17 at this time. And I was just there to meet girls at first. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't interested in spiritual matter. Well, I yeah, was. Yes. Girl, girls were more important to me at that point in time. Right. Uh, and uh, back back in '94, there was a big, huge revival that happened in Pensacola, Florida, at another Assembly of God church. And uh, this was the first time I ever heard somebody speaking in tongues. Um, I heard prophecy. There was like, uh, it was. A lot of clapping, shouting, singing type worship, very, very contemporary type stuff. And at first it kind of freaked me out because I've been to churches prior to that, but they were very, you know, traditional. I've uh, right. been to a Catholic church, been to a Lutheran church, Baptist, all of them. And uh, so I wasn't used to that at all. And but then I just felt and this is this is crazy, but just I felt like God was just rushing through me like there was there was like this feeling of joy like your like joy was wrapped around you like a blanket mm -hmm. and um even though it freaked me out at first they showed the video of this uh revival and people were just like um slain in the spirit in other words like they were just drawn back they were just like overwhelmed and i never experienced something like that before and i thought wow this is amazing and mm -hmm. um after that i just i was hooked i I ended up getting baptized, uh, and then that's when I uh, felt the calling to become a pastor, and the journey pretty much started from there. Now, um, be before we move further, I'd, I'd like to ask, because there, like Gunda like said, uh, he has very few exposure to what a Pentecostal preacher is and whatnot, 
And right. But there are also people like me who, until now, never even heard of the term pena, pe, Pentecostal preacher. So mm-hmm. uh, we, I, I, um, we can kind of get a feel of what the difference is based off of what you d- described. Like, obviously, it's a much different environment going in to church. Like, it's there's more, there's more singing and dancing and whatnot. But just to kind of uh-huh. give a general idea of what the difference between a regular pastor and a regular preacher and a Pentecostal <laughs> preacher is, how well it's you explain? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. How would you explain what that is? Well, um, in simple terms, it's like, well, a Pentecostal preacher is basically, uh, I would say, a just it's like it's no different than like a Lutheran preacher or a Baptist preacher, except that uh, a Pentecostal preacher and Pentecostalism itself, um, the separation that I've seen between that and other churches mm-hmm. is that they believe in operating in the gifts of the spirit. Uh, you, the term like speaking in tongues, prophesying, uh, divine okay. healing and stuff like that. Um, that is more emphasized in our church. And that's that's how that's how you separate like uh, Pentecostal and Pentecostal like churches compared to like more traditional like Baptist, Lutheran and such. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no, that so is it's, um interesting interesting to me in, in particular. Um because there are you, you know, you specifically mentioned the uh well some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, you mentioned the speaking in tongues and the in the and the prof and the prophesying. Um, now, I, I I remember from talking to you that you have a um, a, a, at least a passing familiarity with with things with, with things Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I just want to uh, see here. Now, in our thing, we'll have like seven. Well, uh, see here. That's not. I think I'm, I think I'm I think I'm I think you know, honestly I was tr- going to draw a false equivalency here, um, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, because uh, I was going <laughs> I was going with the with the actual with the def- with the defined gifts of the Holy Spirit and right um, the, the the church defines them a little bit a little bit differently but I know exactly what you're referring to of course uh, going into Saint right you're coming from what Saint Paul uh, talks about in one of his letters right uh, I, I I forget. All of them, but I know amongst them is like teaching and understanding and um, right. Various uh, other things. You're talking about, yeah, like First Corinthians uh, twelve yeah. is where it specifically talks about uh, mm-hmm. the gifts of the spirit, like wisdom, yes. Thank you. Uh, that, prophecy, that's tongues, I was trying to go to, yeah. Right, right. That's, so now, that's why um, why such a strong emphasis. Um, why such a strong emphasis on like a couple of the more. Um. Mm, so we say exciting. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> why? Uh, when you when you ask, like, do you mean like like why emphasis? Like for example, on tongues or right. um, yeah. um, prophecy why, why and such like that. Um, from what I've gathered, uh, the emphasis on tongues, especially, is because it's the most outward evidence uh, that you uh, are baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay. which is the baptism. Mm-hmm. The because you you have your initial baptism of salvation, mm-hmm. your confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and right. that you are born again. Um, but there is a separate uh, baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which emphasizes from um, or draws from Acts chapter 2, 
the day of Pentecost when they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke right. in tongues mm-hmm. and uh, received power. And then they, right. that the disciples used that power to minister. Um, mm-hmm. And tongues was among the gifts. Uh, there's right. a lot of, there's a lot of churches that focus so much on the tongues, but my particular church not only focuses on that, but focuses on all the other gifts that are present in first okay. Corinthians 12. Now I'm now instantly I'm curious because I can see some people going, and I don't know if if a large number do or or what. I ask because I don't know. Um, okay. is, is there an assumption? Is there an assumption that if you don't speak in tongues, you clearly aren't fully a Christian? Uh, n- there are some Pentecostal churches that are that strict. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general sense, no, okay. uh, not my church. Okay. Um, but yes, there I, I have ran into people or people in different Pentecostal uh, uh, divisions where they don't if you're not if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit you're not saved which um, is totally against. Oh, the okay. So th- okay, so this is this is interesting that this gets this mm-hmm. gets into another clear difference um, where right. you're, you're drawing a clear you're you're drawing a distinction between um, baptism. And baptism in mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, you're you're um, right. okay. You're actually oh okay. This is this is interesting. Again, this see this is interesting. This is this is educational. <laughs> <laughs> We've opened up the box here. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, this gets into where Pentecostalism has a di- very different interpretation of baptism, a, a different understanding, I should say, of baptism than um, honestly, uh, pretty much all main all mainline every. Every Catholic church, every uh, mainland Protestant church, even until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Okay. Uh, that's again, that's interesting because, of course, this is more for benefit of the audience, Greg. I I have no doubt you know you know this, um, but mm-hmm. for the Catholic Church, and again, most of the old school Protestant churches, with the possible exception of the Baptists, um, mm-hmm. baptism is you're baptized. There is no separate. You're baptized with water, and you're baptized with the spirit. It's one and the same, uh, right? You know that's so. Okay, so you draw you draw a distinction. You 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 understand it as two separate things. Yes, there there are two separate things okay. according to what we have studied and uh, what we talk about in the Pentecostal Church. Okay. Um, you it, it's and the thing is salvation. No matter what, salvation is set and secure. That's what that's what. Uh, Jesus talked about like if you're saved mm-hmm. but never baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're still you're still going to heaven. You're still a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, look at it this way. I can give you the a uh, good analogy that I think we'll all be on board with. Uh, you're familiar f- with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Even okay, so the young one is all right. This is good. Yes, yes. <laughs> Your parents um, do not fail you. <laughs> <laughs> you are well cultured. <laughs> Um, okay. All right. So when think about it this way, okay, so you got the Ferrari that's in the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, look at it, it like it's basically like if you look at it in this sense, that God gave you that Ferrari. That is a gift that God has given you. Mm-hmm. And you cherish it, you love it, you mm-hmm. wipe it with a diaper, as they've said, <laughs> you know, you right. make sure that it is polished, but you never drive it. That is almost like what um some people compare like various different churches who don't operate in the gifts of the spirit. They have the gift. It's there. It's present. It's in their possession, but they don't operate in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't use it. They don't drive. It's like they don't drive the Ferrari and they rarely ever drive the Ferrari, if at all. Mm-hmm. And what Pentecostalism talks about is 
taking the Ferrari out for what it's meant for, taking it out for a spin, showing it off, getting to from point A to point B to point C and back again and basically getting the word out there using that Ferrari. Okay. If that makes any sense. No, 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 no that makes sense. Um, little, a little apologetics 101. I'm mm -hmm. curious. Uh, there's two things I'm, I'm curious to what the Pentecostal response would be to. Okay. Um, one is I'm re reasonably sure that no, I'm very, I'm 100% sure that if not in First Corinthians, elsewhere, I think in Romans, uh, St. Paul makes it perfectly clear that not everybody gets every gift. Right. Right. And in fact, right. correct me again, um, I, I may be mixing up my passages a little bit, but he also makes it clear that not necessarily one gift is any higher than another. It's a matter of right. context and everybody, we need different people with the different gifts to operate. Right. People have specialized, uh, like, mm -hmm. and I mean, and you know what, Paul actually talks about that. I'm going to pop this open. I got my Bible here. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, it starts in 1 Corinthians 12. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't mind, if I, I want to read real quick what he wrote. Mm -hmm. um, it's chapter 12, uh, starting at verse 4. It says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. Mm -hmm. And there are diversity of activities, but the same God who works in them all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one of them to profit all. For one is to given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, uh, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, mm -hmm. to another working of miracles, another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretations of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So basically, what, what Paul was talking about uh, is that God gives it to where he wills. And there's people that have specific gifts, but people can still operate in other gifts secondary. So mm -hmm. I believe that God definitely still uses people like... You know, let's say I had the gift of uh, healing, but uh, I still spoke in tongues or I still interpreted or I still prophesied. But my mm -hmm. main gift would be, my specialty gift would be in healing. So my ministry, if God called me to that, I'm not saying he did with me, but right. um, well, and I've seen healing ministers where healing is their specialty and great healing has happened. Mm -hmm. Good faith healing has happened in these churches, mm -hmm. um, but they still prophesy once in a while. Or they still would speak in tongues or or have discerning of spirits. Okay, um, it's just there is there's people that are called to different things, and everybody's in a different individual. And God knows what you're capable of better than we do. If that Fair makes enough. any sense. Fair enough. Now it, it's um, actually no. I'm going to save that. Uh, save the comment I was about to make for later on, because it's relevant to, to another question. Um, okay. The other thing I was curious about, kind of what the Pentecostal response would be to, is in uh, John 3, 5, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, um, mm -hmm. where he's like, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The reason mm -hmm. I asked about that, of course, is because you said, uh, you, you pointed out, like, you can still be saved, but not necessarily baptized in the Holy Spirit. AKA right. getting the Ferrari right. to drive. Uh, right. Now, how would, and, how would you square that? Okay. Uh, what I would say is that when in order for you to be saved, you need 
you need the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Look at it like, because uh, John no, chapter no, 6. No, no believe, argument there. <laughs> yeah, because um, John chapter 6 says, uh, no one's come to the Father but those that, but uh, the Spirit that draws them. I believe it was John chapter 6. Okay. And uh, you are drawn by the Holy Spirit, and when you are saved, um, look at it this way. This is, this is a really good analogy I've, mm-hmm. um, I want to read to you about that because that's a really good question. Um, if we drank water from a glass, then that water would be inside of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, if we went to the beach and stepped into the ocean, that would be in the water. We receive, as it were, a drink of the Holy Spirit when we are saved. So we, have, we get the water inside okay. of us. That's what okay. saves us. Okay. okay, that's okay. the spirit that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 3. Okay. But when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, now we are surrounded. Okay. And now we have a whole ocean of power that's, that surrounds us. So, yeah, we need, we need the spirit, and we need it bad. Okay. Um, okay. I, okay. I, I was but, just curious how, you know, it seemed like a circle there that needed to be squared. I was wondering how that right. worked. Right. I was like, okay, no, okay, fair enough. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, right. I was just, I was so, just curious. It's like one of those questions. Like I know I'm sure there's a response to this because right. it's it, it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. You've got to have it's so, such an obvious question. You've got to have an answer to it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I and I've I've gotten that all the time. And yeah. um, because there's and you know, and you run into many different denominations that one don't even talk about. Like that uh, there's certain denominations that don't even emphasize uh, the gifts at all. That they right. they believe they died with the apostles. Um, yeah, that that is a that is a thought that's out there. That's true. You're right. Which I can't I cannot biblically find out why that would even occur. I don't um, I, I don't see I don't see any evidence for such a thing either. Um, right. You know, if if I were to say as far as that goes, um, the only the only difference that I the only difference. Obviously, we're still at a superficial level here, but the only difference I see between mm-hmm. you know, what you're saying and what the Catholic Church teaches is just that, um, yeah, just not everybody's got some sort of gift, but not everybody's mm-hmm. going to have all of them. Um, and I don't even mean just in greater or lesser grace. Some people may not. Most people will go their whole mm-hmm. lives without ever hearing a, pe- a person uh, speak in tongues or, or prophesy or any of that, mm-hmm. um, which I think is manifestly true as far as that goes but right uh, you know it's well it, it, I, I, as far as that goes i see it as a matter of emphasis as opposed to right like a true separation at least they right. say it's talking to you as opposed to uh one of those who'd be like well you know if you don't speak in tongues every sunday y'all right. like going to heaven <laughs> yeah that's and that you know again that violates so many different scriptures uh yeah. about salvation right uh and it just goes against what jesus taught um Salvation was very much a separate issue when it mm-hmm. came to that. In fact, in, in order for you to even be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you need to confess Jesus as your Lord and believe with your heart. That's, it's a very, it, it, that, you can't do anything with the Holy Spirit without that. Uh, you know, that's, that's required. And for people to say that, you know, you're not saved unless you speak in tongues, there's no scriptural evidence of that at all. Right. It's a yeah. separate, it's. It's the power that you're given by God to go out and minister, to go out and to do the things that God called you to do. And, you know, and I see where people get mixed up with it, but mm-hmm. it, all you got to do is just search the scriptures out and, you know, you know, pray to God, talk to, talk to various different people who have studied the subject, different preachers, and you'll come to the same conclusion eventually. But some people are just stubborn that way. 
some denominations are stumbling that way. In fact, sure. what's funny is that uh, among among Catholics mm-hmm. I've encountered, yeah. they are way more open to uh, the gifts of the Spirit, and even even some speaking in tongues. I've I've actually um, encountered yeah. people. Uh, Catholics who have operated in the gifts like speaking in tongues, prophesying, and stuff like that. I was blown away. Oh, yeah. I was blown away because. Yeah. This is not surprising to me at all. I haven't right. I haven't seen that personally. But mm-hmm. the fact that, I mean, I, the, I, I've i got, not right there, but upstairs, actually. I've got lots of books <laughs> and everything that would fit well into that, well into those descriptions very easily. And uh, there was a little known fact, even amongst Catholics, this is little known. Um, there was, I want to say back in the 70s, uh, there was this huge, uh, well, I don't know how, how huge, but there was this this charismatic re- revival event that happened within the, within, the, within the Catholic Church, actually. There was actually a whole yeah. charismatic movement, which, to use your language, would focus on operating in the gifts. Uh, in much right. the same way that you're describing, and so that mm-hmm. that is a thing that exists, and is there are definitely those that don't that, that consider that kind of a fringe element, and not right. you know maybe even just outside the bounds of of orthodoxy, but mm-hmm. let's just say those are those are the people that uh, are, are like Latin mass only types. <laughs> right, right. Don't get me wrong. Are we talking like the the yeah. Michael Knowles's of uh, the groups there, you know. Uh, no, no, no. I, much more, much more rad trad than uh, than Knowles. Okay. <laughs> they, 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 they were. I, I talk about the people that make Matt Walsh look like a par, look like a party animal. Animal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crystal. They exist. They they are small in number, but they exist. I uh-huh. promise you. You know uh, what? You know what? I can believe it because I. I think I've met someone that's like that. At, at you probably the- have. I, I have. I have no doubt. Uh, but yeah. 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 And don't get me wrong. I have got loads of respect for the Latin mass. And if that's your thing, knock yourself yeah. out. I think it's. I, I, I agree 100%. It's like it, I, I'm actually a little annoyed currently where there's some. Uh, with, with Pope Francis, who's trying to de emphasize the Latin mass again and uh, the Order of Malta just. All but outlawed that the the Latin Mass, and I'm like, are you freaking right. kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, right. it was it was it was good enough for like you know 1500 years or, or whatever or whatever. It was Latin <laughs> Mass only worldwide, uh, right? Why are we outlaw? Why are you flat out like outlawing it? You insufferable twits. <laughs> I know, no kidding. I mean, it, for crying out loud, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right, right. In fact, broke, but well, and and on a side note on that, uh, I just want to make I and I don't think I made the the um, the disclaimer that talking about Pentecostalism and talking yeah. about my church and, yeah. and its beliefs and all that. By no means am I believing that I am this like the Pentecostal church is the superior church because we operate in, in uh, emphasis on the gifts. Um, I've known, and, and every church is guilty of it. Every denomination is guilty of it, where they believe that they're, um, they're the only ones that God is talking to. They're the only ones that God is using. And it's, and it's right. so not true. You, yeah. you know, and I, like I said, I've seen, I've seen great miracles among the Catholics. I've seen great miracles among, uh, Lutherans and Baptists and Pentecostals. Um, 
I've seen people like there's some people that, you know, they fit very well in a Catholic church, but not so well in the Pentecostal. But they're God loving, God fearing, great men and women of God. Um, and to me, like I, I know that this is where I fit. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy being able to like talk about like what has drawn me to God and, and the things that I've seen with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I try to promote no matter what is unity. Like mm-hmm. you and I have in this discussion, yep. uh, we come from two different church backgrounds, mm-hmm. but I believe that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, I believe that, you know, more, the more unity that we see among the churches, no matter what denomination, Catholic, Protestant, whatever, we'll see more power of the God like you've seen in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. where you've seen more people healed, where you see more people delivered, um, where you see great revivals. That's when that's what happens when people come together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, first of all, I hope the evangelical purity police are watching. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. They, 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 got a, they got a little grumpy a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> that, that, that was a fun time. I'm, I'm, I'm both sorry and happy I missed it. <laughs> you, you picked the perfect time to take that Twitter break, Crystal. You really did. Uh, because, yeah, because it's from from why so I had two cards against me, so that was right, really right, right. Point. It's just like uh, you've got to be really okay. Yeah. I guess whatever. Um, but now, so. This actually brings me to a question we were talking about just before the show. And after what you just said, I think I know what your answer is going to be. Uh, but, okay. um, uh, you know, you know, when when a Catholic talks, says the church, the Catholic always means the Catholic church. Um, right. When a Protestant says the church, I'm always a little curious about what that means to to a Protestant. Okay. Because they're, they're clearly, they're almost always referring not just to their own particular church, uh, but... Right. I still, I wonder what, you know, um, obviously you can only speak for you, but what right. is, what is your, under, what, what do you mean when you say the church? When I, when I say the church, I mean anybody who confesses Jesus as, Jesus as their Lord. Okay. Anybody who confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Um the, the reason why I, I say that is because, again, I've seen evidence of multiple different denominations, Catholic right. or otherwise, mm-hmm. that um, end up uh, serve, I mean, doing great works of God that I have no doubt are saved and, and are serving God in any, any way that they're called to do. Um, to limit it to just one church is, to me, is just... Uh, I don't know, it, it just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't sit, it doesn't sit well with reality to me because it's you've like gotta, everybody's different. You ignore a lot of evidence of right, what's going on elsewhere. Yeah, because like you can, I've, I, like I said, I, I, and I know that this, that there's been a lot of um, issues between the Catholics and the Protestants uh, in the past. <laughs> um, but here, here's one thing. When I attended, when I attended Catholic Church yeah. uh, years ago uh, for a year, uh, and and I went to um, I forgot I forgot what the class is called again. RCI. Uh, yes, yes. I went to that, and I remember I remember the teacher say referring to the Protestants as our Protestant brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. as in they yeah. are they they are our brothers and sisters. We're just not unified in the church as far as our our core system of values, mm-hmm. and that stuck with me because I I was always taught like the Catholics didn't 
they didn't like us. They they felt like that we were going to hell or not saved or whatever. And which is funny because there's a lot of Protestants that, that think the same way about Catholics. Right. And mm-hmm. I've and I've seen evidence to the contrary on both sides. Yeah. And to me it's like, no, I there's more unity than than what people want to give them credit for. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. there's a uh, there's there's a phrase that we Catholics like to throw around from time to time, and mm-hmm. it's we know where the church is, we don't right. know where the church isn't. Right, which basically is just a way way of saying it's like you know yeah we can go yep church 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 but we can't say all of that right. definitely not. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there we, are some people. Yeah. Oh, go go ahead. Just yeah, it, it is just the idea. It's the understanding that you know what, God's gonna work where God's gonna work. He's gonna work how He wants to work. Now, obviously, yeah, you absolutely. know, obviously, you know, the Catholic Church is like yeah, fullness of truth and everything. Basically, whole basically, yes, Church does make a rather strong claim that you know, fullness of God's revelation here. But right, it doesn't mean that nobody else has. It doesn't mean that nobody else. It has no truth whatsoever. It doesn't mean that That's right. these guys over here might have ninety might have a solid grasp on ninety percent, or these guys have fifty percent, or even this Yahoo over mm-hmm. here. He's maybe only got twenty five percent, but he is all in on that twenty five percent. He is right. way more devoted to that twenty five percent of truth that he has than this guy over here with the ninety nine percent that he's got. Right. You know, and right. all of that factors in. I think, um, you know, it's. This stretches it just a little bit further, but one of the guys who best dealt with this sort of thing was actually C.S. Lewis in the Last Battle. Okay, when yeah. uh, you know what I'm, you know what I'm going to talk about, I think maybe right. Uh, there's a uh, the, some of the con- one of the ongoing conflicts throughout the whole Narnia series. For those who don't know, is kind of between Narnia and this uh, uh, Tashban, which is a clear analog of uh, of the Ottoman Empire, and mm-hmm. Uh, there's this guard in it uh, who winds up help, helping the Narnians uh, and everything. And he winds up, he actually winds up going with them uh, further up and further in uh, with uh, with Aslan because he had been serving Aslan unwittingly sort of to the best of his possible ability. When he saw what Tash, the, the god that the Tash bannies, uh, really worshipped as he really was. He was like, "Oh gosh, that no! <laughs> Are you kidding?" Me? <laughs> and it was very much that same sort of thing. That you know, again, he, we know where we know where Aslan is. We don't know where he isn't, <laughs> and we all hope right. Aslan is, of course. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, my my daughter just did it. My my daughter just did a a school play, uh, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Oh, nice! Oh, that nice. that was fun to watch. They did, How they did a great job. They, <laughs> it was it was great. It was absolutely great. And you know, cool. um, and I love C.S. Lewis. And that the thing is, the thing that I found out, you know, because I, I back to what I was talking about when it, when yep. I was part of the Catholic Church for a while. I've ended up. I told you it just wasn't. I just didn't fit in the Catholic church, mm-hmm. not, and it's not the Catholics fault. Um, and it's not the church's fault. It just the denominational wise. Um, I still had that, um, uh, I guess foundation in Pentecostalism mm-hmm. and I just still felt drawn to that. Plus I knew that the woman I was with at the time, she really wasn't interested in my desires and, and where 
God was taking me, she wanted yeah. to make me into something she wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's and totally and she was a Catholic either. zealot. She yeah. was a Catholic zealot, and um, and for and even there was a short period of time where I just wanted nothing to do with the Catholic Church, just simply because of despite her just not just not having all. to do yeah. with. Again, I was treated very well over there, mm -hmm. and to this day, this ch the church that's in Hillsdale, the Catholic Church there, um, great place, great people over there. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I've come to learn uh, some people that are Catholic that just I absolutely, utterly respect, uh, including Brennan Manning. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No. Um, he haven't. was – you have? I haven't. Oh, you haven't either? Um, Brennan Manning, was, uh, he started out as a Catholic priest, um, ended up leaving – he didn't leave the Catholic Church, but he ended up uh, stepping down as a priest because he fell in love and ended up getting married. Okay. Which, I mean, you women – you, you have that power. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. I mean, they, um, not wrong. They, yeah. they, <laughs> they had tremendous power. And, um, but he, his teachings, and he was loved by the Catholic Church. He was loved by Protestants. He greatly inspired me and helped turn me around when it came to Catholicism uh, and just developing a more deeper respect. And believe it or not, believe it or not, Michael Knowles actually sealed the deal on that one as well, uh, because at, then it became Catholic neutral. I'd be like, okay, cool. Catholics are great. They have their thing. Uh, I totally respect them. Uh, but then Michael Knowles actually uh, made some great points that made me think, hmm, huh. these guys, are, you know, it, it, that, make, it, that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, sure this is coming from a Pentecostal preacher. Right, right. I'm sort of curious. What, 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 what about what? Knowles said or anything because I'm I'm sort of curious. Well, it, I can see people either liking him because he's got <laughs> such a energetic and somewhat affable way of presenting things, but he also he he mm -hmm. also can very he can also also come off as arrogant. <laughs> yes, and 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 I, you like know, him, and, I can understand why somebody wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> well, basically, you got to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Uh, yes, his his <laughs> arrogance gets a little bit. Uh, uh, unnerving sometimes uh but um when it comes to uh uh what do you call it his his description of and his knowledge of the catholic history and tying it together um i don't agree 100 percent on his view on luther but i see his point now because i never really understood uh a lot of the catholic viewpoints as far as luther is concerned i saw i just all i saw was kind of bitterness in a lot of cases when right. luther was kind of brought up yeah and i think he helped explain the catholic view of it to where i can respect it mm -hmm. and i can understand it and i see where he's coming from on that and i see where a lot of catholics are coming from on that um and i i i just think that because of that i just i have a more of a, a respect and a more knowledge because i want i want truth i want knowledge you know like i think the catholics have it down packed on certain things i have think pentecostals have kind of down packed on other things mm -hmm. And as um, and you both are familiar with the Matrix, I love using movie quotes because it's awesome. But the Oracle said, um, "I'm interested in the future, and the only way to get there is together." And I believe that the Catholics, the Protestants, uh, if we're going to make a, a major difference in this planet, mm -hmm. then we need to get together and put our denominational differences aside, however mm -hmm. they may be, and just help share 
Christ to this planet and and really turn this world upside down like they did back in in the time of Acts. We have, and not to mention, we have much bigger uh, common enemies these days than yes. uh, <laughs> you know the, 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 than each other. Not that right. discussing those uh, doctrinal differences aren't important; they certainly are. Uh, but they, right. should, they should be discussions. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be, um, and you're going to hell, and you're going to hell. You, I'm not oh sure. My you, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's bigger things to talk about than, than the whole purity test, which a lot of groups seem to fall victim to easily. Yeah, I, I see that right now. It, it, you know, and this this is by no means exclusive to them. They're just the latest ones to have the resurgence of it. Is right. is the modern evangelical? I see that. I, I see the modern evangelical as being the the ones who are big on their purity tests right now. Um, right. And again, it's not. This isn't the first time any group. I mean, obviously, Catholics, we've had our own purity tests. And, right. You might have heard of them, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, and you know, <laughs> everyone's had them. Like, like you said, Greg, even certain Pente Pentecostals have their own have their own purity tests, right? Um, but I, right. I'm kind of, I am curious about why the evangelicals are taking their crack at it right now with having their own. Uh, their own massive purity tests, like you know, thou shalt not have public discussions with, uh, with with people who don't present the full gospel, whatever it is they mean by that. Uh, uh, you know, I I don't I honestly, I, I've I've some of these people that I've encountered that you know go along that crowd, yeah, um, and and they they hate they hate me they hate you, uh, and they hate pretty much anybody else that's not with them on all these different issues uh just simply because i i believe it's just almost like a tribal thing like yeah. you know we got god you don't you know we're saved you're not um it's i've seen arrogance just fly make yeah. that makes you know like basically michael knowles look like he's you know a schoolgirl. you know it, it, it's right. it is just absolutely utterly insane some yeah. of these people that have you know that they're so quick to to you know just cast people into hell you know and lack of compassion lack of um of any type of understanding of people's situations yeah you know and it's it's disgusting it's 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 not it's not godly at all um and i just i just wish that you know they weren't having the big megaphone to make the rest of us look bad yeah, uh, no. it's like they're they're taking over they're taking over from the seven hundred club uh, brand yeah. of Christian, <laughs> you know. Uh, and you I'm know, being they're, and they're, I'm they're, being they're, nice they're, about they're, this. Honestly, they're they're. It, I, this just occurred to me. It, it's just the latest permutation of Calvinism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, God God set us aside. We're the saved ones, and the rest of you all just go to hell. Yeah, and I'll, know, I'll, I'll and, be honest. One of the things that I have been saying for years now. It's like when when people who hate Christianity, mm -hmm. when the, the the Christianity that they hate, they're, they're, they hate they hate Calvinism. <laughs> like, oh, <yeah>. Honestly, <laughs> I, I listen to them, I, I all the things that they say they hate. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like the Calvinist church I grew up in. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah that's what. Yep. Yeah, okay. 
I, and seriously, I, you listen to every single description. It's like, yep, I know exactly. It's so honestly, at least if we're gonna have have a knockdown fight with within Christianity as a whole, it's that's almost. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hate to do that because I know plenty of people who were brought brought up brought up Calvis and people who would describe themselves as evangelicals who are in fact awesome people. Uh, you know, oh yeah, uh, and in, it, in the public domain, again, honestly, one of my favorite. Uh, political podcast to listen to, actually, arguably my favorite, is actually Steve Dace, who is, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's a very loud and proud evangelical. And he's also right. one of the smartest guys out there on the scene, and smartest and most principled. And, but right. he's not one of those, but he's at the same time, he's not, uh, I'm an evangelical and you're not, so why am I talking to you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He's not that he, guy he at all. reason. Yeah. I, uh, I've watched, yeah, I've watched Steve Dace's podcast on quite a few occasions. Um, when I first turned on to CRTV, uh, he was one of the first ones I watched besides Crowder. Yeah. And I loved it. I, I, I agree with a lot of what he says. Um, and like I said, he's a voice of reason on that. Yes, um, he really is. It, he, and, and if you had more people like Steve Dace, I, I believe that we would have less issues. But we really the, would. The, I, and, and, the, the thing is, like, for I've ran into people, and, and I think I found, like, that I was reading, I was actually reading the book of Jude mm -hmm. uh, not that long ago, and I understand why some of them do what they do. And I believe that a lot of them have a genuine heart for Christ. Yeah. That, and they want, they want to do good, but they, they're misled. And then there's others that are just completely, like, they just have complete malice in their hearts. They just want to. They're out there to hurt you, and they think they're doing it in the name of God. I mean, Jesus warned us about that. They basically they're like the modern day Pharisees, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I wanted to read a passage in Jude real quick that I believe why um, some of them are motivated the way they are. Um, let me. I just had it. That <laughs> happened. I had it marked on there. Oh, right here. Uh, Jude chapter, uh, it's almost only chapter, but it's Jude verse 22. And on some have compassion, uh, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. I've heard some people take that scripture and justify scaring people out of hell or scaring the hell out of them. I mean, you know, take your pick on your uh, okay. <laughs> phrasing. Right. Right. And, uh, from what I can tell, when if you look deeply into that scripture, that is for people who are arrogant and say that they don't need God. Mm. You know, like there, there, and there's there's a lot of people out there. Uh, well, I take that back. There's there's not really that many people who are just so completely arrogant that you need to treat them like that. Uh -huh. There are out there, and then and the Bible is talking about that. But for the most part, I go. <laughs> I was going to say, but for the most for the most part, uh, people know, like everybody knows that there's something wrong with them. But the question is, what is it, and how do we fix it? We mm -hmm. all have that inner feeling that we all suck one way or another, and yeah. every religion points that out. You know, so the question is, you just hit on something, you, you hit on something really <laughs> good. But finish your thought. Finish your thought. Well, it's just, but the question is, how do we fix it? And mm -hmm. for the most part, when you're evangelizing. Uh, Paul talks about it's the love of God that brings men to repentance. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the general norm. Like the, what Jude is talking about is the exception, but not the norm. The norm is 
people need to know that they they uh, they mean something. Yeah. They need to know that they are loved. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the fact that of whatever they've done in the past or are currently doing now, that, that there is hope and you give somebody hope, then they're going to want to make themselves better. They're going to want to make the world better and make everybody else's lives better yeah. through the power of what Jesus can do. There you go. Um, amen. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and uh yeah um that what what you were saying about how we do all have i feel the thing that you know we actually know we suck it's somewhere deep (laughs) down we do know it yes it's not a trend to say you suck (laughs) it's not a coincidence (laughs) no and and, well crystal i mean it's this this guy started before your generation, but it definitely hasn't abated from what I've seen with the right. whole self theme. Like you know, you should feel awesome about yourself like all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you don't need anyone else to make you feel awesome. But the fact mm-hmm. is, you're not and you're, you're you're not awesome, and you do need somebody else to make mm-hmm. you to make you feel awesome. And when people mm-hmm. don't get that, when people you know they seem to have all the things they uh, they are what's up munchkin what are you doing hey eh, 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 eh. this one's public title. <laughs> what do you need in what your bed or what are you talking about i think you can did she say no earlier? I don't know. She knows that anything. You can. Okay. Now go. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Love you, Munchkin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> every, every now and then I get a visit from a gingerling. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, where where I'm broadcasting from is my daughter's room. Oh, really? This was the, oh, the, this was the was, best place. Behind you. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 actually up on her bed right now. Oh, okay, your own your own. <laughs> yes, yes, my my yeah, she's my oldest. Well, this is both my my oldest and my youngest daughter's room. Uh, this just happened to work out the best as far as uh, doing the stream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yep. Where I might, my house, we're still in process of moving my youngest from our bedroom to this bedroom, and there's still, there's still uh, work to be done. You yeah. know, it, you had the same sort of progression that that we had. Uh, we we quickly got got the youngest into my oldest room because mm-hmm. you know right pretty quickly, and then but then eventually we since then, you know, the youngest is now four. So we shuffle things yeah. around a little bit, and now she's with number five. No, number six is now with number five, and <laughs> you know, and n- number and one. Space and space is a valuable commodity. <laughs> it, it's an extremely valuable commodity, and one must use it judicious, judiciously, judiciously. Thing words are hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, praise yeah. God! Oh yeah, yeah the, joys of, the joys of you know of family life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I trust. Oh, yeah. It, I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, you know, 
it's it's different because um, we we were done it too, uh, uh-huh. but nature right. said otherwise. Yeah. So uh, and now we have what we call our our surprise blessing. There you and, go. Uh, yeah, she's, which is funny because my middle my my son my middle child's eight years old and my daughter is two. My youngest daughter is two, right. and so that's that's a heck of a gap. But my mm-hmm. older two kids are just amazing with my younger two with that's my right. younger kid because right. they and they they love her to death. They they they're very good with her. even though sometimes i mean my my toddler is sassy beyond belief uh-huh. because you know someone she's just the youngest yeah so of course. Yeah. she i think she i think she's starting to realize it and trying to set her ways and then we're just going to have to put her in her place yeah. <laughs> her being two as well was that crystal that also comes with the fact that she's two two-year-olds tend to be sassy uh yeah just a yes. touch oh just a touch oh she uh, and I and I remember and I, my wife and I were talking about this. I think she's more sassy than my oldest two at that age combined. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not remember the having these same types of uh, mental battles, these <laughs> these battles in general with my older two than I did it's with my. I don't know. If it's just because I'm older and having kids is for the young. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, because now my my twelve year old, my eight, my ten year old are both. Uh, I mean, they're at that age where just like you know, like you were mentioning how you went hiking and yeah. and you do all these different things. Um, it you can't take two year olds on on stuff like that. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> and no, so that's... I have to get back to diapers, get back to baby yeah. life for a little while, yeah. and then yeah. work them way back. <laughs> that's a little. That's that's been a transition for me. Oh, yeah. I thought I was done, but obviously not. Nope. nope, not quite. Well, as you said, one more little little surprise blessing. You know, it, it's yes. it's actually just to make sure that you're still got those skills fresh for when you start having grandkids. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking that. Oh my gosh, I'll. But the advantage of grandkids is that oh yes, you know, it, hang out with them and then send them home. Absolutely, I'm properly sugared up. Words cannot explain. Words cannot describe. How much I'm looking forward to doing that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's gonna and, be and, and your kids <laughs> and your kids would understand why you made the decisions you made and how you've lost your mind on several occasions just simply because of what you had to deal with. I'm They'll understand. The they kind of get it. <laughs> kind of. Most of them. At least the girls do, I think. At least the girls. The boys probably not so much yet. At least when it comes to the losing the mind. <laughs> yeah. Because that they'll get it someday. Well, boys get things slower. I mean, we mature slower technically, I guess, by definition. Accurate. Um, <laughs> I, I, having both boys and girls, I can vouch that 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 is that is accurate. Yes, my wife is still training me to this day, and I'm almost forty. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a different sort of thing. I look at that more as you know just. Just chipping little edges off the sculpture. That's that's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I think that's that's why I'll keep telling myself. Yeah, yeah. There you go. She, she's just Michelangelo and you're David, and it almost there. Almost. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My. Oh man. Uh, I. God bless my wife. Uh, some of the stuff I've I've put her through. I I just. And I, 
I, you know, I lived on my own for a year before I got married and I thought I was okay. And then I get married and I realized, oh, wow, I've got stuff wrong with me that I didn't even know about. I mean, even before I had stuff, even before I lived on my own and I'm like, my gosh. <laughs> and my, my wife, I mean, I, I am, what I can say is that I am a better man because of her. I am a much, God, God used her to, to really minister to me. And I don't even think I'd be half, halfway where I'm at spiritually or, uh, um, maturely, I guess, if that's a word, um, if it wasn't for my wife. My wife has, has really been my rock. And, and I, I'm, I, can't, I can't be grateful enough for the blessings of having her at my side. And I'm totally, totally grateful for that. You know, that is a fantastic, <laughs> that, that, that's a fantastic note to end on, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not where I, I planted it again, but you know what, Greg? We're not going to top it. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna keep okay, so let's let's end while we're let's end while we're on the top, okay? Yeah, uh, we're on, yeah. So we're on a positive know, end there. There's de there's definitely uh there's definitely other other things I would love to discuss, Greg. So sometime in the future we're mm -hmm. gonna have to have you back on and everything, especially especially um uh there's uh, we, we didn't get a chance to touch on it, but it seems to happen I think in the fall when they do this one one Lord, one church thing. You okay. Know, you know what that is? I, I've heard of it, but uh, uh, tell me, tell me more about it. Hey, you know what? Let's see if we can top. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, I noticed it a few years ago where a bunch of uh, the Protestant churches where I am, they had like these big burlap sacks over their church signs. And it just said okay. one Lord, one church. It's like this big. It was like this unity movement. I haven't noticed oh, it cool. so much the last couple of years, but uh, I did notice it, and it was, I found it very interesting. I looked it up and everything, and yeah, it was basically a drive to remind us that there is still only one Christ. We are all, you know, everyone who calls themselves a Christian is worshiping Him, and is trying right. to get to Him, uh, and you know, just reminder that we should all be united in that mm -hmm. and not you know mm -hmm. going after it so much and that even goes for me talking about the evangelicals <laughs> you know uh <laughs> I, I i found it extremely interesting uh to see that happen mm -hmm. uh, i again it seems to have perhaps lost a little bit of steam in the last couple mm -hmm. of years because like i said i haven't, I haven't seen it uh but i, don't know, right. I was just kinda, i was kind of curious if you had seen it around and um what what no, your thoughts were i you know what that's an excellent idea to be honest with you um i haven't seen anything like that specifically in my area but i know there is gatherings there has been gatherings of various different denominations catholic included um at just all we all gathered at uh the middle school uh one year and we just we just prayed for our community we prayed for our uh nation and it, there was a lot of positive results with it. Um, oh, absolutely. So yeah. it's, 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 I guess it would be something similar, but the idea of putting like burlap over the signs, we are one church, one, uh, that, that, yeah. that's a great idea, actually. I mean, maybe I can uh, say something to my pastor, my senior pastor, because he's, he's part of an association that is multiple uh, pastors, okay. including multiple pa 
uh, pastors, but also the um, current uh, priest over at the Catholic Church as well as part of it. So I think that's great. I mean, what a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, let, let me know if you wind up doing anything with that. I'd be curious. Um, yeah, I'll yeah definitely let you know about it. I'll I'll talk to my my senior pastor and we can see what we we can see. If maybe we can organize something like that. Who knows? I, I, you know, because be I'm all for unity. And everything. And uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm all uh, for unity. Also, just um, on that on that same ecumenical front, which for those who don't know, that's fancy church word for saying people of different Christian religions talking to each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's always right. I always try to remember to define whatever special church words I'm using because a lot of <laughs> people don't think it's not that people are trying to obscure anything. It's just that you, you to you these words become sec become uh, become you know second nature. But right. To, Lots of people have never even heard of them, or they've heard of them, but they don't know what they mean. Like when you said "slain in yeah. the spirit," I'm really glad that you defined yeah. what you meant by that. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. Oh, I, I. Sometimes when you're speaking churchies, you don't realize that not everybody understands what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and everybody's got their keywords and tricky phrases. Uh, you know, we're no right. different. You know, again, the Catholic Church is no different in that respect yeah. than the evangelicals. They're just different mm -hmm. words and tricky phrases. <laughs> You know, oh, everybody! Or, yeah, everybody or, or, has their different uh, things. And... Shibboleths, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes, um, and because again, that's why I try to, you know, when I'm explaining what's going on with, uh, you know, Pentecostals and and various different uh, groups like that, full gospels, some of them are called, and all that. You know, there's certain phrases that people look at me and they're like, "What are you talking about? What do you yeah. mean, slay in the spirit and all that stuff?" Yeah. Like, oh, I should probably explain that. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or at least find you know, and like that's why I use illustrations. That's why I use movie quotes too, because I mean, really, people like they catch it right that. Yeah. You know, I know I did. Yeah, we've all seen we've all seen the Matrix. We've all seen. Yes. Well, maybe not all of us, <clears throat> Crystal, have seen uh, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Star Wars. Yeah. But, all of us have seen DC and Marvel. There you go. We've all seen, we've all seen <laughs> I'll include that on that. Pretty much everyone's yeah. seen the Marvel movies. Not, not as many people have seen the DC movies. So. I've, I, I watched them all, um, and I enjoyed the previous podcast, and I think that's a great idea. I'm glad it's catching on, the, the whole Snyder mm -hmm. cut. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's way off topic. Did you notice uh, uh, Shapiro, although it was kind of a snarky response to Josh, Josh Whedon, actually just retweeted yeah. Whedon and said, Hashtag release a Snyder cut. Oh gosh! Awesome because you just tweeted release a Snyder cut, and also I just love that as a stark response to Whedon. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's almost like a slap in the face. Oh, real man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that I think it's awesome that I, I've been I've been still seeing it's trending. I'm still seeing that that whole is. thing is, is trending yeah, on I, Twitter. I would expect it to continue trending uh, all the way through Comic Con, uh, and yeah. after that, I think I think we'll see. There's even there's even a conspiracy theory out there that um, the reason Warner Brothers isn't doing like a big Hall H presentation this year is mm -hmm. because they know the Snyder Cut people are going to be there and they really don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly oh don't gosh. buy it. I think it's got more to do with the fact that AT&T just bought them 
and right. they've got they've had a massive uh, leadership shuffle that yeah. uh, Eric described right. last week, and so they're just reconfiguring. They don't they don't know. The, the new guys haven't figured out what their plans are yet, so they didn't want to mm-hmm. spend the time, effort, and money into a Hall H presentation to, you know, right. to, to say to just be a bunch of nonsense that they know is going to change two months later. Yeah, you know, but so and and that, sure they just just wise move. <laughs> yeah, just take care of your fans. It, that's it's it's a simple matter. Take care of your fans. Listen to your mm-hmm. fans, and and just jump on that because I, I guarantee that I mean I, I I'm not saying that Marvel always listen to their fans, but you can tell that there was definitely a connection. You know, yeah, I mean they, DC it just seemed like it seemed like people who were DC fans were like, what is wrong with you people? You know, it's like so it's right there, you, all this potential. A lot of it just has to do with uh just massive, massive studio interference on yeah. the yeah. and it's and it's like executive studio mm-hmm. interference. You know, from people know. that don't it's... know the material at all, they don't know the characters. Whereas, you know, over at Marvel's at Disney, they've pretty much just like Kevin Feige keep doing his thing, mm-hmm. right? And give people freedom. And yeah, and you know what? He is the man with a plan. You could look at if you look at him kind of directing things, and uh, as far as what can and can't be in any different movie, of studio interference. Okay, fine, mm-hmm. but it's studio interference coming from one guy with a plan, right. as opposed to trying to maximize every single thing for for views and specifically maximizing things so that you can get more screens for more views and you know deliberately trying to appeal to this mythical broad audience as opposed to just you know we're gonna we're gonna tell a cool fun story and people are gonna want to yeah. see it, right? Especially if it's part of Amen the plan. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any, uh, any, anyway, as uh, Greg, thank you a lot for coming on and discussing some of this with us. It's been a very good, very educational conversation. I really hope that uh, some of the people out there know at least a little bit more about Pentecostalism. Mm-hmm. And I, yep. like I said, I, I, I learned I learned a fair bit here just in this in this relatively short conversation, and. Mm-hmm. You know, again, uh, thank you very much. I hope, actually, that people out there uh, watching this kind of take this sort of thing as a bit of a model uh, that you mm-hmm. can that you can get together and you can laugh and you can joke and you can have uh, a friendly conversation and you can still uh, have disagreements about certain things and mm-hmm. still have a discussion right. about those things and it doesn't have to right. be adversarial. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and it. And it shouldn't be. You can stay. You can still right. stay true to your principles and everything, without w- w- without feeling the need to go after the other person. And yeah. right, um, you know. Remember, Christ Himself said He wants us all to be one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, we're obviously, going to argue about what that means, but that's fine. Right. <laughs> let's let's do that. That's part if of we how can, we get. I, the way I say it is like if we can get together. Regardless of our denominational backgrounds, we can just get together and still acknowledge Christ as Lord, and that the world needs Him. And we'll you, you go out and say what you need. I'll go out and say what I need, and let's just bring Him to Christ and and just bring bring unity and you know take back our culture essentially. Yes. You know, I don't I, I don't care if the Catholics are bringing more converts or if the Pentecostals or whatever. 
let's go make disciples. Let's go do what Jesus said, because that's what he wants. And that's all we should ever care about. Regardless, that's the main thing. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Again, uh, it's a great way to leave the show. This is why Greg's Amen. a preacher. <laughs> and all right. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. And oh. next week, uh, well, Crystal, you did the legwork on this. How about you uh, do the reveal? Next week, we have the one, the only, redheaded libertarian on our show to discuss libertarianism, all her thoughts and opinions on it, and yep. more. Yes, that's right. The, the queen of libertarian Twitter, mistress of the collarbone, baker of pies herself, Josie, the redheaded <laughs> libertarian, will be here next week, Sunday, at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And so, her and I will both own the prude. <laughs> they, the fruits will be owned, <laughs> and that so for sticking those, with the gingers, I see. You know, it's just a theme, man. I don't, I don't know why it's not. <laughs> it's just all the best people are gingers. I can't help it. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> so that's uh, July fourteenth, uh, nine p.m. Eastern. Mark your calendars. Be here or miss out, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> until uh, until next week. Uh, thanks again, Greg, for coming on. And y'all stay good and keep fighting the good fight. Amen.